So this morning we're coming to the right at the end of our series of Good News for Bad Times, our study in 1 Peter. And, uh, you know, it, it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? It's been quite a journey uh, taking the things that uh, are said in this letter and then applying them to our everyday life. And that's why it's, it, it's so important that we do that, that we do apply things to our life. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, the writer of Hebrews says is that the gospel didn't profit people because they didn't mix it with faith. And then James tells us faith without uh, corresponding works is actually dead. You know, it doesn't do any good. And so therefore, it's really important we take these lessons that we've been learning uh, about good news in bad times and apply them and actually use them in our life. If we don't use them, they won't benefit us. And, uh, you know, one of the big themes that we've looked at is that whilst the world around us, whilst the world outside, whilst the pressures uh, that go on around us, it may be an unhealthy world that is getting no better. Um, but despite that, you can be healthy inside. So you can be healthy inside when the world outside is unhealthy. And if you're healthy in here, then you can be whole out there. So much of how we deal with life, how we go through things, how we walk things through with God, how we stay strong in God, is about being healthy inside so that we can be whole out there when we face the things that an unhealthy world throws at us. And that's what we've been looking at. That's what we've been challenging ourselves with. And that's now what we need to go ahead and push on with and live as part of our everyday life. And, you know, whilst we're, we're coming out of lockdown, whilst we're moving into greater freedom, looking forward to the time when uh, we meet again as a church family in our venue, uh, and that's getting closer and closer, then that doesn't mean everything's over. Because even though we've all been through these same things this same time, uh, there's specific things in our own lives, specific challenges that have come along, and therefore, it's, it's just as important that we keep on being healthy in here so that we can be whole out there. And we're going to finish up this morning uh, looking at this last part of uh, 1 Peter. We're going to 1 Peter chapter 5. So get your Bibles out, 1 Peter chapter 5. And uh, I'm going to look again at the verses that I covered last week, but come at it from a slightly different perspective. How do you actually handle a situation when things look like they're going wrong, when they look like you should be worried, when it looks like it's overwhelming, how do you deal with that? So go with me, First Peter chapter 5, and um, let's begin at verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It's so important, isn't it, that, that we, we cultivate a humble heart and not a proud religious heart. Uh, because God, God doesn't like that proud religious heart. He actually resists it. And so if we want God on our side, if we want God with us in this, then, then we need to be humble. We need to be humble people who walk closely with God and humble towards each other. And that, that's a real lesson for us in today's Christian world uh, that, that 
where we are looking to have God on our side. We need to be a humble people. And uh, not just a people of faith, but a people of humility. Why? Because humility accesses grace. God gives more and more grace the more we recognise our dependence on him. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And that's just a, an absolutely amazing sentence, isn't it? That, that we, can, we can give our cares to God. And the reason we can give our cares for God is that the creator of the universe, the, the one who made the world, the one who is uh, just all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, that, that God who we worship, he cares for you. Whether you feel like he cares or not, whether it looks like he cares or not, the truth is God cares for you. And the enemy will try and steal that truth away from you. He'll try and say, God's not bothered about you. God's distant. He's not, he's not involved. But he cares for you. And he cares deeply for you. And he's interested in every little aspect of your life. He's interested in every little aspect of my life. So casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And then the verses we looked at last week. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour resist him steadfast in faith knowing the same sufferings experienced by your brotherhood in the world but may the god of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by christ jesus after you've suffered a little while perfect establish strengthen and settle you to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever amen and last week we looked at that, didn't we? We looked at the uh, involvement of the enemy who, who targets us in order to steal, kill and destroy in our lives. And um, I, don't, I don't remember who it was, but a, a little while ago I was talking about this topic and sharing on this topic. And uh, after I'd done that, one of the people discussing it afterwards said this, that the, the thing about the enemy is that he's going to ask you impossible things, impossible questions, and then he's going to condemn you because you can't answer them. So he's going to ask you impossible questions and then use that to condemn you because you can't answer them. And that's just so true, isn't it, the enemy? So yeah, it, it, we, we all want to be better people. We all want to see more. We all want to be more fruitful. And what the enemy does is he comes along and he sets that bar at an impossible level and then he, he, he condemns us and creates guilt and condemnation in us because we can't meet that challenge and we can't answer those questions. And, and that's how he tries to steal in our life. So when these things come along, when difficult times come along in our life, when uh, the world seems to be going all haywire, all your best plans are out the window, um, all the things you thought you dealt with rear the ugly heads again. What do you do? What's the last piece of advice that Peter has? Here it is. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You know, one of the things that um, really challenges me when I read that verse, and, and I'm, I'm thinking all about, like, how do I do that? How do I actually do that? And uh, 
it makes me think about what, what Jesus said uh, back in, in Matthew in the Sermon in the Mount when he says, be anxious for nothing. Don't, you know, don't worry. Don't worry about things because God cares and he cares about the birds. And if Solomon was dressed in all his fine, he wasn't dressed like the ladies of the field. How much more is he going to care for you? And, you know, there's, there's still this religious bit of me and, I, and, and perhaps you have that same religious bit in you. And uh, what, it, what it does is create this idea that, that if you're worried about something, then you're in sin. Now, technically, if you, if you want to be technical about things, then worry is a sin. But it's really kind of not helpful, is it, when we do that? Because we can't often stop ourselves worrying because worrying situations come along. What we really need to do is to understand that when those situations come along, instead of trying to solve them ourselves, fretting away over them, kind of being anxious about them, fearful about them, speculating about them, thinking they're all going to get worse and bigger and bigger and bigger. Instead of doing all that, we need to know how to cast our cares on God, don't we? So, you know, one of the, one of the words there, when it talks about um, casting all your care upon him, that word care gives us a clue about what the enemy's trying to do in this. And that word care, is a, it's a Greek word, merimna. And it means to fracture a thing into parts, to splinter it. And, you know, I, I was kind of pondering that and thinking about that. And one of the, the real things that, that kind of puzzled me about that is, well, what's that got to do with worrying? And uh, so I, I, I went to... You know, I went into prayer and I said, God, what are you trying to show me? That, that word marimna means fracturing into parts. And, you know, when, when I, I don't get, because, you know, when most people uh, are worrying, when they're bothering about things, they're worrying about paying bills, uh, how they're going to manage, uh, how they're going to carry some of the pressures they're in, they're worrying about the relationships, they're worrying about the career, they're worrying about the finance agreements, they're worrying about the credit cards, they're worrying about their health, they're worrying about all these, all these sort of things. And God said to me, it's not my will for you to have to carry all those kinds of worry. It's not my will for you to have to carry all those kinds of worry. And the enemy's about that, he's trying to get you to fracture. He's trying to get you to think with a mind where you just can't get your head around this sort of stuff. You can't get all the pieces to fit. And, and it, it's like this, this, this glass that's fractured and you can't get all the bits back together again. So he's trying to mount these things up and mount these things up. And when you're trying to figure them out yourself, he, he's kind of interfering and you can't get it all to fit. And God's saying, it's not my will that you deal with that sort of worry. And I said, well, okay, how, how does it work then? How are we supposed to uh, cast our cares on you? How, how does that work? And he said, well, let me just explain this to you. When, when I'm talking about casting uh, your cares, the word that, that, that is used there, and, you know, I was looking at, at, at it in, in my kind of um, research, and, it, and, and it, this word that's used there is the heaving of a crushing weight onto a, bee, onto a beast to carry it. So 
basically the idea is that when uh, you were on a journey you would have uh, sort of a donkey or an ass or something an oxen uh, who, who would go on this journey with you a horse and everything that was really heavy that you were able to carry you would you would take that off your shoulders and place it on to that uh, that that beast that you had who was much more able to carry it and God said to me that's what I want to do with those weights you're carrying I want you to take them off your shoulders and put them on my shoulders because I'm well able to carry them and you know when I when I talked about this and, and I, I, I probably I think I, I actually um, alluded to this passage kind of many months ago, uh, maybe even a year ago, and, and, and shared it. And there's some things that have come along in, in, in the last year where I thought, man, I can't carry this. This is just too difficult. And there's been challenges, and there's been stuff come from left field, and, and there's been some curveballs that have been really difficult to carry in this last year. And, and I'm sure we can all associate with that. But and I'm going, God, I can't carry it. And, and he kept reminding me. So what I said is, okay, God, you've shown me this. You've shown me uh, and you've talked to me about this. So I'm going to cast my cares on you. And he said, well, that, that's really good, Mark. That's really good, son. Proud of you for doing that. But I don't want you to pick them up and take them back again because you're really good at doing that. I want you to cast your cares on me. I want you to deliberately reconcile in your heart and make a, a quality decision that you are giving me those cares and then I don't want you worrying about them. Instead, what I want you to do is to praise me for the answers that you need and watch over a period of time to see those answers come to pass as I carry those cares for you. And you know, I... I I'm not kind of in a place where I can really share the details of, of those things. Uh, but the, the reality is that over a period of time, as, I, as I've given God those burdens and refused to take them back and refused to uh, get anxious in the way I was getting anxious about them and refusing to worry about them in the way I was worrying about them, I've learned that by what doing that and watching God, he's carried those burdens, he's taken the weight of them, and I've seen him change the situations. And that's, that's just a real testimony that, of the truth of God's word that's in these verses. Now, the thing that I want you to see here is that when you look at those verses, uh, sometimes I look at verses and I read what it says, but then I have a ponder and I think, so what doesn't it say? What, 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 what's another way of looking at it? And what it doesn't say in those verses, it doesn't say there's nothing to worry about. And that's really important. You know, we live, the idea is we live as healthy people in an unhealthy world. And those verses don't say there's nothing to worry about. What they say is there are things to worry about, but you are made to be able to carry the weight of those things. God is the one that you need to get carrying the weight of those things. And, and you know, some people 
really struggle to be able to do that because they have this picture of God who, who looks at them and they think, well, I'm, he, he must see me as a failure, he must see me as useless, he must see me as unable to carry these things, he must see me as I'm letting him down and all those sort of things. And, and maybe we are, maybe we, we're not walking in the way we should, maybe he isn't number one in our life and, and maybe there are some things that we need to, to, to correct in our life. But, you know, the truth is, despite all of that, we have been given grace as we walk humbly with him and he cares about you. He's not the one holding your failures and... and all the things that you're, you know, you, you, you feel like you've let God down. He's not holding those against you. He cares about you and he wants things to change as you move forward. And his way of changing those things is to carry the weight of some of those things. So when it says uh, he cares, that's a, the, the word there is the word mellow, M-E-L-O, which is a lovely word, isn't it? And it means to pay attention to. An object of concern to fret over. And right now, God, I, I mean, normally we, we think of fret as a bad word, but God is fretting over us. He, he's, he's watching us and he's saying, please let me carry the weight of these things. Please let me put this on my shoulders. Because I'm really concerned that you are getting crushed by this weight and I want you to give it to me and I want you to let it go and just let me carry that weight on my shoulders. So the question then is, okay, God, if I do that, right, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, make a quality decision and I'm going to set my heart right now that I'm going to cast those cares onto you. And I'm asking you to take those cares and I'm going to, as you said, I'm going to watch as you, you, you carry the weight of those and you change the things that need changing and you take me through this. So what do I do in the meantime? What do I do in the meantime? And this is where he led me. He led me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Again, something I've talked about a lot this year. There's some, been some uh, really clear themes come out in this, in this lockdown period, but Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And he said to me, son, there's your answer. There's the answer of what you do in that meantime. Don't be anxious, but bring everything to me, by prayer, making your request known to me, and I'm going to give you peace. And I'm going to guard your heart and I'm going to guard your mind in a way that can't be naturally done. It's beyond your understanding. You can't reason yourself into that position. So if you give the weight of these things to me and you, as we go along, you make your request known to me by prayer and supplication, then I'm going to be able to give you my peace, a supernatural peace that you can't arrive at, you can't get to by yourself, you can't reason out, it's not a logical peace, it's a supernatural peace and that's going to guard your heart and mind as I, as I carry the weight of this and take us through it. And I thought, man, that is just 
absolutely beautiful. That is just so amazing. So, you know, when, when he says those words and I'm going, okay, God, you don't want me to anxious. You don't want me to be anxious about anything. And, you know, one of the things that it would be pretty easy to be worried about and, and anxious about right now, if, you, if you're in my position, is, well, we haven't met, you know, physically really very much in the last 13, 14 months. And, and we've met in small clusters or maybe, you know, in, in gardens and, and various other things. And, yeah, we've met virtually over Zoom and all the rest of it. And I'm thinking, like, God, you know, how, how, many, how many of us are coming out of this in answer to our prayer that we come out of this stronger? God, how, how am I supposed to uh, lead people over these coming months back into a place where we, we function again as a church family, but not looking backwards, but looking forwards and, and seeing what you've got for us in the future? God, I, I don't even know who's the other side of this camera right now. I don't know, other than the people who turn up on Zoom, whether people watch things in the week, whether they engage with things. I've got no idea. And I believe you do. And, and I know many of you do. But it's still kind of like, as, as the leader of the church, I kind of, it's a challenge. And I found myself worrying about that and bothering about that and thinking, God, I, I just really not quite sure what to do so I'm going to cast that care onto you and you know what what went through my mind and it was this he said right in my head was it's okay to worry because that's just been responsible if you weren't worrying about this and you weren't anxious about this you wouldn't be a responsible leader and and we can do that to ourselves can't we we we, we bother and, and carry the weight of all sorts of things we're not designed to carry because we think we need to be responsible. And God's saying, I'm the one responsible for this church. I'm the one that builds this church. On the revelation of Christ, I will build my church. It's not your job. It's your job to hear what I've got to say and convey it to the people and I'll work in their hearts. So, you know, we, we can get ourselves in all sorts of things and take responsibility when that responsibility isn't ours. And, you know, uh, I remember years ago what, listening to a, a talk by George Pearson from Eagle Mountain Church, and it's called The Pastor's Number One Responsibility. And I shared this with quite a number of people in faith life over the years. And, and what he was saying there is that the number one responsibility of the leader, the pastor of a church, is to hear God for the people. And if that is not, if, if the church is not um, set up so that it understands that's the number one responsibility of the pastor, then it needs to change. And, it, and it's so true when we look at, at this passage that it's clear that the number one responsibility, the thing I'm responsible for, the thing that church leaders are responsible for, uh, hearing God and conveying that to the people so that God is able to lead through us. So, having said that, be anxious for nothing. And, and what, what it's saying there, if you, if you kind of dig into it, it, it means don't give care to, don't be troubled over, don't let your self be disturbed by what? Absolutely anything at all. 
And, and the truth is, we, we often don't know how to do that, don't we? Which is why he goes on to tell us how to do it. And here's the first point. You can only do this. You can only get in a place of being anxious for nothing, casting your cares onto Jesus, only if you're following him. You know, not where you're out front or you're trying to sort it all out or, or all you've got all these things, all these goals, all these targets, all these things you want. It's about following him. And so when we follow him, he can supernaturally give us peace. He can supernaturally give us joy where in the natural there's none of that. Because he's our deliverer, he's our provider, he's our healer. He's the one who cares about you even more than you care about yourself. And, and the truth is, isn't it, that everything is God's concern. And, and when it says, um, you know, in, in everything, that mean, the, the word there, panty, means absolutely every little detail, the most minuscule thing, is something to pray about and share with God. God is interested not just in the big 40-year plan for your life, he's interested in all the minuscule details of your life. And, and so we take those to him. And there's there's two types of prayer mentioned here. There's, there's the prayer of supplication and then there's your requests. So what's that, what's that about? Is there any difference between the two? Because you know, we use these long words like supplication. What's it mean? Well, supplication means it's not a general prayer. It's not like, please please bless the family, please bless the kids, please bless the dog, please bless the, bless the, the pet rabbit, uh, let's have some nice food on the table and God make people happy. It's not that kind of general prayer. It's not even like, God, send revival to Cambridge or God, move amongst your people. That's not a prayer of supplication. A prayer of supplication is a specific prayer, a specific prayer. And what it's saying there is, um, and, it, and, and when it's a specific prayer, it's usually related to a, a physical or material need. And what God's doing there is he's giving us instruction and permission to go to him and say, God, I need you to do this and then name what we need him to do. Not in generalities, but get very specific. And that's what we need to do. You know, we need to be more specific in our prayer. We need to pray. And, and I talked about that last week. And, and really, I want to encourage you once again to engage with the prayer meetings, engage with personal prayer, engage with prayer in your life groups, engage with prayer in your DNA groups, engage with prayer and be specific. Be really sharp. You see... Answered prayer isn't about long prayers. It's not about emotion. Answered prayer is about being specific and applying faith. God answers in response to faith and it's our specific requests that he answers. And then it, and then it talks about this other word, requests. Well, okay, now they sound like they're the same thing, don't they? They're not. They're slightly different. And when it talks about uh, requests, now... You might struggle with this at first, and, and you won't struggle with it if you, you've heard me share on this before. But what that word request is, uh, is a word ATO, and what it means is to demand adamantly. 
And, and you know, I look at that and it gives me a real problem because going, how do I demand things from God? That can't be right. How can you go to the God of the universe, uh, the one who created you, the one who is Lord, the King of Kings, the glorious one, um, and, and demand things adamantly? Well, you know, it just sounds wrong, doesn't it? But it isn't. When we get concerned about that sort of thing and, and when we feel like, well, that can't, that's, just, that, that's just awful, you can't do that to God. What's happening there is we've got a wrong picture of God. You see, God cares and he cares as a father. You see, when Matthew or, or Jessica come to me and, and they, they come as part of our family, and they say, God, Dad, Dad, I need you. I need this, this amount of money to be able to do this. Will you do it for me? And, you know, what they're doing there isn't kind of the will you do it for me. They're, they're actually uh, expecting, because of the way we function as a family, that I'm going to do it. And so they don't come like apologetically or, or whatever. They come knowing that I love them and that they can ask those sort of things from me and they can expect a response. Why? Because they know I love them. And it's the same with God. When we know him as father, then we can ask things and we can be adamant about that and we can demand those things. Why? Because... God has given us a covenant and he said these things are yours. So you have a right to ask him for those things. And as a loving father, he wants you to ask for those things. Make a demand on him. Make a demand on the power of the spirit. And he'll release his spirit. He'll release his power and he'll release the provision. And those things will be yours. Why? Because he's got a covenant and he's not going to break that covenant. And he's promised them to you and he loves you and delights in giving you them. So we can do that. You know, um, so when you, you come in prayer into God's presence, don't waver. Don't, don't kind of, you know, get in this position when you're, you're, you're saying, God, I know you've promised me this, but I'm going to beg and plead for it. No, we, we don't have to beg and plead for it because Christ's already paid for it. You're requesting it as a child of God and you're requesting it because you can come boldly before the throne of grace to find help you the help you need. And so he's telling us that, you know, if you're not going to be anxious about everything, what do you do? You follow him, you make specific requests, you, you stand boldly on your covenant rights. And then what do you do? You receive. You receive your answer. And, and what does it say? It, it's saying, uh, you know, let the peace of God rule. And he's saying, give, I'll give you my peace. I'll give you this supernatural peace. And, and, and the peace, peace that, that type of peace, it's, it's this idea of order instead of chaos. I'll bring order. I'll, I'll take that fracture, all those pieces that didn't fit together, that fractured care that, that's got you all messed up, tense, uh, just can't see uh, the wood for the trees, just, you know, just can't get anything to fit together. I'll take it all and I'll get it to fit. I'll bring order out of that chaos. And this is what I'm promising you. As I do that, 
I'm going to do something in you. I'm going to give you an inner stability that's going to result in the ability for you to conduct yourself calmly in the midst of everything that's going on and let me carry the weight of this problem. Um, you know, the word there that's used there, it's equivalent of the, the Hebrew word shalom. So, you know, the, the Greek word where it brings order out of chaos. Uh, the, the Hebrew word equivalent is shalom. And shalom means inner tranquility in whatever circumstances. And it means, you know, that there's nothing missing, nothing broken. That God puts all that chaos, all that stress, all that strain, all those fractured pieces together, all those cares, and he's going to give you inner tranquility, and he's going to do that supernaturally. And that's so powerful, isn't it? So let's just go back to 1 Peter as we finish off. Let's just have a look at those words again. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so he can exalt you in due time. There's a due time to this. While you're doing that, he's carrying the weight for you. You fix your mind on those requests. You fix your mind in, in, that, in his presence. He will impart peace to you. And in due time, you will see change you will see the answers come you will see the covenant promises of god manifest in your life and that is good news for bad times and that's what enables us to be healthy in an unhealthy world and so that you can be healthy in here to be whole out there amen faith life Hope you've enjoyed this series. I hope you've you've been blessed by it. As I said at the start, you now need to practice it. You now need to put it in place and you now need to do it on a day-to-day -day basis. You think, well, I can't remember half of that. Go back, listen to them again. They're all on, on the website, all there ready for you to listen to. This is amazing stuff that the Apostle Peter wrote. And he got it from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit cares for you. We love you, Faith Life, we bless you, and we're going to see you soon. Amen. Have a great week.